Hello and welcome to GameSpot After Dark, episode 92. I am your chaotic host, Tomo Hussein, joined in the virtual studio by Jean-Luc Saipke. That's right. It's definitely episode 92, and I am here, <laughs> Jean-Luc. <laughs> uh, we're also joined by everyone's favorite near fan, number oh. one Persona fan, oh, top 10 yeah. Susio boy, yeah. Michael Hyam in the house. Hey, what a do, baby? Yo, damn. I, damn, that's a good, that's a good ass intro. You like that intro? intro. Yeah. They, yo, <laughs> good, good, that's, good. yeah, that's, damn, my number one hype man right here. Shit. You know and, so much about me. And Lucy James. Hi. I'll be my own heart man. <laughs> I don't care. The, the Brits sometimes, are back. You know, sometimes in life you got to be your own P. Diddy. That's that's my policy. Uh, all right. How's it going? We are all scattered. This is this is the first time me and Lucy have been on the podcast since we got kicked out of the good old US of a Joe I, Biden's I feel, America ejected us. I feel- like I have to go and say we did not get kicked out. Uh, <laughs> our legal status is fine, and yeah. if the immigration lawyers are listening to this, hope you're having a great day. Would love to come back soon, mm-hmm. but Would we know that's it. not Absolutely in your hands. Yeah. She said status. The appointment. The, I mean, we we have appointments. It's just we had to come and do a little visa run. You know sure. how it is. Yeah, we need to come back. We need to come back to uh, make sure that we're not losing the British parts of ourselves. I mean, Lucy's lost the accent. Oh um, yeah, honestly, but... this is this has been good for me to come back and have um, yeah a top. Since 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 you've been, I know that you haven't been like out and about quite yet. But have you like ha- have anyone told you like, damn girl, are you really British or like you sound like you're you're in, in like a transitional phase where. Like, <laughs> Because my stepdad's like that. When my stepdad talks to his family, they're yeah. like, damn, son, like, what happened to your accent? Of course, they wouldn't say it like that, but that's that's the vibe. Uh, I get... So my, my accent is, like, very dependent on who I'm talking to. Mm-hmm. I, I'm pretty sure it's an anxiety mechanism to try and fit in with people. Um, right. And so every so often, it's like my... I, I remember when I went to see my sister last... A couple of years ago, it was like, yeah, Christmas 2019... Um, she was like, I'll drive you to the station. I said, no, don't worry about it. I'll get a cab. And she went, a cab? Like, oh my God. (laughs) (laughs) Cab is fine. You could, we could say cab. It's not like I said sidewalk or anything. Yeah. But I I definitely noticed my accent just goes up and down. And it's, you know why? It's because American, American English is like, easier for me to say because it requires less um diction sure in, yeah in, mm. yeah i mean like my Your face muscles are more relaxed when you speak american my face is tired but like mm-hmm. my <laughs> my actual accent if i went and go in my geordie accent is like way easier for me to say because it's all like really soft consonants and just mm-hmm. like everything kind of just mushes into one except when you speak in broadcasting it's very like everything has to be perfectly enunciated, and then American is this beautiful little mix in between. See, I just I just have one accent, and it is East London roadman, and you, <laughs> you can just see like that. I tried the broadcast voice, and it just does not work for me. So now all my videos are filled with commenters going, "Oh no, it's the guy with the full mouth again," and I'm like, "Damn, <laughs> what the <laughs> fuck?" Oh man. Anyways. Real. Um, some, some real roadman things. Roadman things, you know how it is. Um, John, look, 
What yes. have you been playing? What have you been doing? First of all, uh, shout out to you for holding it down with the podcast. Oh, thank you. I uh, loved listening to the last few. Um, but yeah, what you've been up to other than hosting podcasts and doing many videos? <laughs> what you've been playing? What you've been enjoying? What have I been enjoying? Uh, I've been uh, I've been playing the big game this week. The the one everyone's talking about, the Resident Evil. Oh, you can talk about Resident Evil now. I can talk about Resident Evil now. Um, I it, although I don't want to talk too much about it in the sense that uh, that game is is all about just constantly surprising you with different stuff. Like I think the the coolest thing about it is uh, you look at all like the marketing materials and the trailers, and I remember even thinking like, oh man, I feel like they're showing too much of this game off. Like I'm, I'm I don't want to look at it this anymore. Turns out that was all like the first fourth of the game only. And there is so much of that game that you haven't even seen yet, which is it really exciting. Like that was um, such a surprise to be like, oh, wow, I have like no idea what's going to happen next in this game, uh, which was really just like, I, all right, I, I'm, I'm still processing my feelings. On it. I don't want to be, I want to be too hyperbolic, but as I was playing the game, I was like, is this my favorite Resident Evil? Is this wow. is this is this a like you know what what is if it's not this? Uh, my favorite Resident Evils are the remake of one for the GameCube, um, and then probably uh, remake of two actually is really really high up there, mm. and then I would say four, and then um, I actually really like seven as well. I'm gonna make mm. that meme image of the. The anime guy with the butterfly. It's like, is this supposed to your head on it? Is this my favorite Resident Evil? Is this my wow, favorite Resident Evil? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, but but the reason why I was thinking that is because it feels like this game, uh, perfectly. It's like Capcom has gone back and looked through all of the the past twenty five years of Resident Evil and like cherry picked the best elements from each game. They were like, okay, we want to get like the frenetic combat of four. We want to get like the the uh, the environmental like spooky design of seven and we want to get like the the like you know um ammo management tension of like two remake and stuff and 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 infuse them all together and so i think it just it it's it really feels like resident evil just like firing all cylinders like it, you know you can feel the these masters of their craft just like honing in and like figuring out like this is what makes resident evil good and we're going to just nail it each and every time. So uh, something that our review kind of mentions is, and I'm interested in your kind of take on mm -hmm. it on how you feel it feels within the broader uh, franchise is that it's way more action focused. Um, that is something that people generally start to it worries them about Resident Evils. But you oh, know, sure. as, as pointed out, is like four is quite action focused. Does it mm -hmm. do action focused in the way that? five and six perhaps lean too hard into it or does it do action focus in the way that it was the sweet spot like in four uh it, it's the sweet spot with an asterisk which i'll get to uh <laughs> um but for the most part i would say it, it it is that that sweet spot i would say it's even less action focused than four is like four is like pretty like the whole time it's just actions happening right like it, that game is pretty constant and focused on its action this game uh paces itself where you'll have these spurts of action that feel a lot like four but then it kind of slows things down and it feels 
a little more like uh, like a two or a seven where where uh, it's only a few enemies and it's in very close quarters and it, and it feels a lot um, a lot more slower paced um, and and that's actually something I really like about the game is it feels like it's constantly changing its style every couple of hours like there are like I, I will I refuse to talk about it um, because it's just it's such a moment that you need to experience for yourself but there is a moment in this game that uh, just completely flips everything on its head in terms of like where you think it's going and what it asks you to do in a way that is like really fucking cool like i was just like Ooh. i was like oh damn they're doing this like they're going for it uh in, in like and, and i really i really don't want to say more than that because I, I i don't <laughs> even want to like tease what that is because it's such a cool moment it, it was it's funny it's like um it was one of the things that Capcom was like don't talk about anything of this and like, yeah. uh, and even, and even like, if they didn't say that, like, I would refuse to talk about it. Like, I do not want to spoil Damn. that moment. I want to know what this is. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's really Hot cool. Top scene I, with Chris. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to oh, ask. Wow. So I know Capcom were very, quite strict about what you could and couldn't talk about. And a sure, lot sure. of reviews, I've seen a lot of the discourse kind of talk about how restrictive that review was and how little they showed. And then Capcom apparently put something that they explicitly told reviewers not to talk about in oh, their they? own launch oh. trailer. Oh, did they? Oh, but I, I, I hadn't mm. watched it, so I don't know what it is, but Why? I was just like, that is, that is a classic is, is that, games is that marketing thing, move. Is that thing that so you're talking that about thing, in that trailer? I, I don't know. I actually haven't seen this trailer. Um, okay, if you're, if you're it, listening to this and you're going to play the game, don't watch the trailer. Just don't watch we'll, the trailer. We'll, we'll get Jean-Luc to, to verify yeah, I'll, for us. I'll kind of poke at it right here. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But for those Susie. who have seen the trailer... Is it this 30-second Eternal one? Sunshine It. I saw Susie uh, Sphere Hunter tweet about this, and I think Jean uh, from Washington mm. Post, too. And so I just... Oh, Because I started okay. it this morning. I don't know so if, that's, just... if it's this trailer, but they're definitely showing, like, things some that you things. shouldn't you definitely shouldn't uh show yeah no not not that they're not they didn't actually show the particular thing i um after dark psa don't watch that trailer. <laughs> don't don't watch that trailer i don't know why you would do that's ridiculous but <laughs> God damn. but yeah I, I, for the most part i think it, it it strikes this perfect balance where it's like you know like like the castle is very resident evil 7 uh <laughs> when, when you're going through that part of the game which is the part that they've shown the most off and, and like mm. It's got that like slow pacing where, you know, few enemies in a, in a couple environments. Uh, Lady Demutress, uh, which, by the way, uh, also mad at Capcom in their marketing, they've called her Demutrescu. In the game, yeah. Demutresk. So they've been saying it wrong. Capcom has made me say it wrong this whole time. Uh, well, wasn't it like it's, Brittany did the the uh, Resident Evil event and she was like Capcom has clarified that is Demetrisk. Oh, she did. Yeah, okay. yeah so Demetrisk in that Demetrisk one. Demetrisk so like, is, is what they said. Okay. So yeah, three different we got, pronunciations. I, I think it's officially that, like, Brittany is the only person to have come out and said Capcom has said it is <laughs> Lady Demetrisk. She got it right. I trust Brittany. She got it right. But yeah, it's uh, Lady Demetrisk. Uh, and... Uh, she'll she'll kind of like stalk around the castle, uh, similar to like Jack Baker or Mister X. Uh, Tell me more. <laughs> <laughs> She's good. I'll be honest. I'm kind of over her just from like the yeah. oversaturation. The, the discourse. Yeah. I, I wonder if they didn't think she would be a thing, 
and then that first trailer where she came in and they they just saw the thirst of the internet and then like They're PR like, marketing. This is it. This I, I just had to sit down. It was like, guys, we're going to change everything. There was some funny shit that came out of that though. Like, uh, <laughs> oh, yeah. was it, uh, I think it was, uh, was it Jordan Oleman, uh, fellow Jordy. Uh, he, yeah, he tweeted out uh, like a, a video clip, and he's like, "Looking to get chalky milk at two a.m." <laughs> <laughs> oh no, you found me! Like, I was like, "Yo, it's the funniest <laughs> shit." There's well, actually Resident milk. Evil's TikTok is pretty good. Oh, I yes, I've I've seen their TikTok. Yeah. <laughs> they're leaning into that real hard. Before I'm, we get too into uh, Demetrisk content, uh, the Asterix that you mentioned earlier, I don't want to oh. forget that. Oh, yeah. sure, sure, sure. Oh, yeah, yeah so the asterisk to that combat, and, and Phil kind of talks about this in his review, is that the last, like, hour or two of that game swings wild oh, in brilliant. a different direction. That Great. <laughs> reminded me a lot Big of face Resident on Evil a wall, 6. Resident Evil 7 energy. <laughs> like, not even, like, like, worse than that. Like Punching man. boulders. Like, more, like, it is... The mo like it, it was like very Resident Evil like six level energy of like and and it's one of those things where I'm I'm so curious what people think about it because I think there's definitely going to be a crowd that's like yeah man it's Resident Evil like what do you expect it's, of course it's going to go like insane mm. and off the rails but I think for me it, it's it's that they kept it so restrained and so to like the tone they were going for for like 90% of the game. And then at the end, it's just like, you couldn't help yourself, Capcom. You had to, <laughs> you had to go full Resident Evil at the end and like for better or worse. Uh, <laughs> and, and that was it's like, it's like Joey uh, trying to learn how to speak French. <laughs> like, you know that means. Je, ma, pal, je me bleu. All right. All right. Well, uh, yeah. Uh, that, that was the one thing about the game that I think I, I personally didn't care for. But, the, but it, it, it didn't, at the end of the day, it didn't retract from my, my overall enjoyment of it. Lucy, um, you're playing it, right? Um, so, yeah, I played an hour or so this morning. Um, just kind of getting into it, the feel of it. It's, I mean, like, it feels even stupid to say it at this point, but the full vibes are... Oh, yeah. Like, especially in that opening area, which is admittedly all I've seen, but it's, you know, I saw a signpost and I half expected it to, you know, pop up with the signpost reads Pueblo, right? It I it was like <laughs> that kind of level, just like the vibe of it, even the old man that you meet, the first old man, I was like, wait a minute, I swear like an old man with a shotgun is the first guy you meet in, one of the first people you meet in Resident mm. Evil, like he, he attacks you, it's not the same kind of scenario, but it's like very, very similar. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, I've been enjoying it. Um, but again, I've, I'm only an hour or so in. So that's my okay. my weekend. Michael, are you interested? Are you going to play it? I haven't. Well, I played Resident Evil 7. I thought it was I thought it was dope, but uh, I don't know. I don't I don't I don't, I don't think I'm in the mood quite yet. Mm-hmm. Why are you always in the mood? I'm not <laughs> in the mood. Like, you know, uh, 24K Golden's got me fucked up. So I'm not mm. going to. Mm. I think that I'll probably get around to it before game of the year, because mm. the thing is, like, everyone's everyone's talking extremely high about it like when the reviews came out and then like jean Luc saying like yo this might be my favorite shit of all time and then phil's like yo this shit's flames and everyone else is on on the mm. internet who has played the game has been saying it's flames so i think I'm, I'm gonna get it i'm gonna get it in for game of the year what if i gave you a copy of the game right now 
Oh shit, let's get it then. <laughs> yo, yo, Tam, just keep buying me games. Yo, you bought me Nier, I play that shit. You buy me whatever, hooking up with codes. I'm playing it. Uh, I'll hook you just up after you. this. Don't worry about it. Before oh, we shit. move on from Resi, Wait. this fool's got managing oh, editor money. Tam Tam's over here. Send before him. we move on. Before we move on from Resident Evil, there's one thing that I want to go back to Jean-Luc for. Um, yep. Something that you made a video for. It's an excellent video. Um, mm. It's coming out. Hopefully, by the time this podcast goes up, it will be out there. Be, yeah. um, but tell us about the difficulty in your recommendation. Oh, yeah. So uh, this was something that, obviously, when it comes to difficulty, everyone has their own experience. Uh, but when I was playing it, um, and I was talking with Kurt, who was also playing at the same time, uh, we're both like big Resident Evil fans. Like we kind of just know how those games work. And we ended up playing on standard and we both felt that it was just like a little too easy for us. You know, like it, it's uh, th that game's balance is uh, very much leans towards uh, giving you more ammo than I would say, like like to feel comfortable. And, and I would say that's appropriate for that standard difficulty. Like you don't want um players to feel like too oppressed or stuck especially if it's your first time playing the game because it is it is a good uh it's a good resident evil for the most part to jump into if you've never played the series but if you're somebody who is more interested in a experience where uh you're just you just barely have enough ammo and you're and you know you're constantly feeling that tension of like man am i gonna am i gonna be able to get through this encounter maybe i need to uh try and avoid these enemies and strafe around them i need to like really think about like my crafting decisions uh blocking blocking i'd really recommend trying the game on hardcore your first time around uh i've been playing through it i'm about halfway through uh a second playthrough on hardcore and i'm I'm having a, a lot better time with it personally. Um, not to say I didn't have a good time with it, obviously, but uh, it, it, it strikes that right balance for me in a way that um, as somebody who likes the stress of older Resident Evils, I personally found to be very enjoyable. So yeah, as, as Tam said, I'm, I'm working on a video kind of like talking about that and, you know, giving given the pitch for why, like, hey, if that's, if that's where you're into, I recommend giving it a shot. Um, yeah. Awesome. Michael. What's poppin'? Yo, yo, man, I'm 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 hyped to play Resident Evil now because uh, one, uh, uh, some some came in. Also, um, it, it it makes me think about like I played Resident Evil as a kid. Uh, like mm. Resident Evil one and two were formative games for me because that's I watched my brother play them and then I knew how to do everything because I watched him play do one playthrough and it's like oh let me try that shit and yo that's oh damn. The grenade launchers mixing herbs, and then when I got into middle school, high school, I knew how to mix herbs and roll it up. You know what I'm saying? So I learned a lot from Resident Evil. It's He's like, like yo, yo his friends are like, well, how did you how did you get this this mix together? You it's mix like, the red yeah, one with the green one, and you're good. Yeah, yeah shit, yeah. like the Afghan Kush with the sour D. Don't want that, that jail sandwich. Yeah, yeah that, that that's what I called it. And then you put we'll put a little <laughs> put a little dust in there. All right, I'm a chill. Okay, we have. We to, didn't. We yeah. We, uh, <laughs> we, we didn't have. We didn't. We didn't. We didn't have dust. In, in, Easy in now, the Walter White. Relax. <laughs> All right, that is. Uh, I did not get myself involved with that. So um, the immigration lawyers are uh, watching. Don't send me back to the Philippines. Uh, let's see. I have been. So if we're gonna talk about games, I want to talk about Apex Legends Arena mode mm, or, or no. arenas. That's just pretty cool because it's Apex, but mm -hmm. now it's like Counter Strike or Valorant. Uh, which is a really cool mode. Uh, I've been playing a little bit of it. Uh, I feel like Apex is probably the only shooter that I it's consistently come back to. Apex is fucking dope, man. I don't know. I think a lot of it has to do with just the vibe, the 
the um, the gunplay obviously is very important to that but i think there's a very distinct vibe to uh the way apex is especially with its characters and it's kind of how it handles backstory and lore like who these characters are and why you should be invested in the development and the seasons of apex i just think it's, it's just such a fascinating way to keep that game going so but arenas yo okay because i was a little you know burnt out like i'll play apex but you know i'm not gonna spend three hours a day trying to get a w if i get like third or second place in my squad I'm like all right i'm good so the thing about arenas plays like like a valorant it's a three-on-three round based sort of thing you buy weapons and then you duke it out and then it's like elimination so the thing i like about it though is because that style of mode kind of it's a distillation of the best of the most exciting part of the battle royale style mode is like oh yo well you're not gonna get third squatted but like oh there's a squad and everyone is it's high stakes because everyone has one life to live like you can still revive your teammates too in in arenas so it's it's like bite-sized chunks of that experience that you get from the battle royale um the standard mode uh and it, it's yeah i'm having a lot of fun with like i'll hop in and do a couple matches and I'll get my fill and then hop out rather than kind of going through that whole loot grind. Like I don't mind doing the whole the whole battle royale loot grind because it's it is what it is. It's part of the experience. But sometimes I don't feel like spending the time doing that. So hop in arenas. So you'll know, pick up your weapons and then shootouts. Uh, mm. So that's I really like that mode. And I think it's a it's a permanent mode, right? I think they've said I as believe much. Believe so, yeah. Yeah, so I think that that's that's cool. It's really good for warm-ups too. Like play a couple of rounds of arenas before you jump into like a real battle royale match for in Apex, you'd be good. Like uh I really I really like what that what that mode adds to the overall Apex experience and um yeah, so the, uh that's dope. Y'all should if you haven't tried Apex, come on, man. What y'all doing? You know, this is the, the only battle royale in the game. Would you say that's a good mode for somebody? Because I've been like thinking about Apex, and I was like, oh, I should try and maybe jump back in. Because I, I, mm-hmm. I did like it when I played it, but I, I just don't stick with battle royales that long. But arena mm-hmm. mode seems pretty, pretty up my alley. Is it, do you think like I could just hop into that like right away if I haven't played Apex in a while? Like, yeah, I'm. Yeah, I th- you should give it at least a try. I, I don't, I don't know if it's, it's. Like, if you don't like the Battle Royale mode, I don't know if it's enough to sustain, like, oh, this is a completely separate mode that can stand on its own. I okay. think it's, it's like, a complementary type of thing. Got it. Like, in addition to the Battle Royale, you have the Arena's mode when you want to get your fill of do of just having firefights. Uh, but I don't think it's, it's enough as, like, oh, I'm only going to play Arena's. Unless they continue to support it with, like, different types of content or different types of like they used uh, like a piece of an existing map uh, so if they continue to support it in different ways uh i think that could be really dope uh i think mm. that'd be that'd be a lot of fun cool um but nice. yeah it, right now it's yeah it's, it's like in addition to battle royale here's this cool mode uh where you can do your do your things and uh get that that action get that hype and then uh jump out after Mike- a while i was like i played it like 30 minute chunks That's okay cool. yeah michael i know you haven't played um Resident Evil Seven or Resident Evil Village, but mm-hmm. talk to me about talking to me about mummies, regardless. Oh, mummies! How to keep a mummy? Oh my gosh! Oh, so how to keep a mummy is an anime. Does anyone know what what? How I've to keep never a mummy heard is? of it. No. Yeah, yeah. You know about this, Tam? Yeah, I've heard of it. Yeah. Oh, okay. I've not actually watched so I- it. Oh, okay. Oh my God! It is the cutest, most wholesome thing. Okay, so you play Apex, you you square up, you beat a motherfucker's ass, and you're like, "Yo, I'm a fucking battle royale champion. Get on my level." Uh, somebody, uh, mm-hmm. eat my ass from the front. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know. 
All right. Yeah. Tanzel Manager is fine. And then you watch How to Keep a Mummy, which is like the most wholesome, cutest thing. Oh, my gosh. It's so cute. So what happens is like this this anime high school boy gets like a, a package from his dad, who's like a uh, archaeologist in Egypt. And he opens up the package and it's a little mummy. It's like a round mummy with like big old eyes and a, a round head. And he's so cute. He's like a little bite size. Probably you fit in the palm of your hand. And he's very emotional. Like the, the mummy gets very attached and he's like uh-huh. hugging everything and he's crying and he wants to eat food he's hungry and then oh you got to take care of him oh my gosh it's just curious thing in the world and then all of this dude's other high school friends like they get like these these whimsical monsters too and they're really cute too there's like a, a dragon that looks like a ditto like a dragonite ditto and then there's uh, another one that's like a uh onichan is like a little a little demon with big uh, eyeballs and it's really cute and they all have like short arms and they really you gesture s- it's like oh my gosh so cute. when you say onichan do you mean a demon like chan or do you mean yeah. onichan no no <laughs> no i mean like <laughs> a demon <laughs> okay uh it's it's so cute y'all should watch it so yeah i've been uh i've been watching with my girl you know what i'm saying and uh it's it's a really nice um it's a nice time to spend with somebody like ah, i don't know if you want to watch it on your own uh, if I'm watching on my own, I watch like, I don't know, Demon Slayer or uh, DJK <laughs> um, or uh, something else. Like, mm. I mean, we, we watch we watch that shit, too. Like, uh, I've been watching Yasuke as well. Uh, Yasuke is pretty dope. I talked about it last week, but uh, y'all should peep that. But how to keep a mummy like, oh, my gosh, you're so cute. Uh, yeah it's uh, it's it's really wholesome. It's, it's a nice uh, palate cleanser is what I'll say. Mm. Nice. Okay. Speaking of palate cleansers, Lucy, talk to me about finding your family. Oh my god. Okay. So <laughs> So, um upon arriving in the UK, quarantined 10 days. Got uh games I'm playing, you know? But Dave and I decided uh, cuz I'm living with Dave Jewett uh from our video team. Uh he, we were like what if we just watched every Fast and Furious movie? And we did oh, it yeah. in under a week. Some nights we did double bills and I'd only ever seen the first one, half of two, fell asleep, and then Hobbs and Shaw. Oh, no, and then the the runway bit from the end of six, I think it is, and then Hobbs and Shaw. So my connection to the family was not as strong. I hadn't Mm. been through their struggles with them. I didn't know just how deep that family run, and I'm fully converted. I am like cannot wait to see f9 when there's a moment in eight if you haven't seen it the whole conceit of eight involves dom and when i discovered the whole thing that dave took a video it's me just like (gasps) unbelievable because i couldn't believe it was actually happening because that was unbelievable the way that they'd written it the way that they pay homage to paul walker at the end of seven i was in (laughs) tears (laughs) i And now I feel like I'm going to be one of those people who every time I hear, um, it's been a long day, every <laughs> time I hear Pugh. that, I'm going to be yeah. like, oh no. I mean, even If that appears Paul- in your Spotify end of the year wrap up, we know exactly why. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's going to be the teriyaki boys and whoever it is from the, 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 first, the first movie, there's a bit where Paul Walker gets attacked by, um, Brian gets attacked by, I think it's Vince from behind. And there's this incredible music cue where it just goes, watch yeah. your back, watch your watch back. Your, watch your, watch your, watch your back. back. <laughs> so that's, that's going to be on my list. But like, I, this, it's, that was iconic growing up. It's so good. <laughs> and I, 
<laughs> I put I like I ranked them as well. I have feelings. Um and I just yeah, I I got super super into Fast and Furious over the last cast, week. So now we're doing a... it with Born uh with Mission Impossible and then we're gonna do Born. Oh there was a conversation <gasps> no. about doing James Bond, but like that's like forty of those. Mm, yeah, yeah I feel like it goes those. back too far, and I feel yeah. like once you start digging, once you get deep enough, it's like, yo, this shit's wild problematic. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. Maybe like the Daniel Craig saga. I think I think Brosnan onwards, because Brosnan's my like Goldeneye. That's my yeah. favorite. Yeah, Brosnan's pretty good. Yeah. So I would go. The, I would go Brosnan onwards. The big question is, will you be playing Fast and Furious Crossroads to get the full story? Oh my god. <laughs> oh my Play the god. Wheel I man instead. That was out. I forgot that game existed. Um, that many people did. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I mean, uh, the answer should be no because it's not good. But I yeah. went to um, went to Universal Studios with uh, friends of the show, uh, Daniel Krupa and Simon Cardi, a couple of years ago, and we went on the Fast and Furious yeah. kind of drive-through, uh, and half of it was turned off. So. Oh. And honestly, that was the greatest thing about that was there's a bit where you're kind of indoors and there are these like holograms of Dom and Letty and they are phoning it in. It is, they are there for the paycheck and they just don't give a shit and they're just like, oh no. Damn. <laughs> Sometimes I forget that Someone's stolen DVDs. Is, <gasps> Vin Diesel is Cat. in uh, that, that new Ark game. <laughs> I Tam said, yeet. Uh, so for, I for throw context this cat there, away from Tam's me. cat, Kiki just jumped up and Tam immediately just like lifted her up with one hand, just went, and down you go. <laughs> so cute. Smooth transition. But yeah, uh, anything else that you've been, or is it just all family all day long? All family all day. But no, I've been playing Returnal, which I know you've put on your list mm-hmm. of what you're, you've been playing. So I, um, the one thing I'll say about Returnal is I'm, I'm really enjoying it. The online shit needs to stop. I need to stop waking up seeing the fucking Blessing and Greg Miller are all just like dying <laughs> so and like I getting updates. I have had Mahardi. none of that. I I, I I took a screenshot and I, <laughs> and, no, no, no. I took a screenshot and I sent it to Podfather, Jake Decker. I, actually, I didn't send the screenshot yet. No, no, no. He's, he's requested that we call You him. come to me. <laughs> <laughs> so, no, no. So I had the, scre- I had the pop-up and I texted Jake and I just went, did you die? And he went, uh, what? And I just sent him the screenshot. <laughs> like, it dumps you in. Like, Man, you die on boss one three times. I don't you. know how you guys I, are getting I that. I've had none. I've had no, I, not a single message. So you I have that to, off. Yeah. Like, I but, play offline now because I don't want to burden my friends well, and reveal that I'm a fake gamer. Well, you, it's, <laughs> it's weird. Like, because you you can't turn it off on a game by game basis. You have to just go into your settings and turn it off, and it turns it off for everything. So I turned it off months ago because I kept getting notifications that like somebody beat my high score in like Astro's playroom, and I was like, oh, no. why? I don't care. Why are you like? No, I'm not gonna load up Astro's playroom and do the challenge mode. Uh, yeah, and also. Uh, I don't know if they fixed it because I haven't played much lately. But the weird thing is that the, I, I feel like the point of that thing of like telling you that your friends died is that you can find bodies in the world to like. Yeah, you're meant to of, find your. You're meant to friends. avenge them. Yeah, but uh, they kind of just stopped showing up after a certain while when I was playing, and I've I've heard other people be like, "Yeah, like I haven't seen that at all in the game." So I don't know. Yeah, if, like, it tells you weird... at the start. 
Like, it tells you, like, oh, there's this mechanic where you can, like, avenge your friends yeah. or for your fallen comrades. And I was like, okay. And then I never saw it ever again. I, I saw it yeah. for a fair amount when I, because I got it early and, and, like, the first couple of days I saw it quite a bit. And then eventually it just stopped happening. And I was like, yeah. oh, well, you know, it's early and maybe there's just not people around, but maybe they I turned mean, it off because there was some issues with it. Yeah. Uh, yeah I, I mean, they patched Phil, the game Phil... and broke the game and then oh, had yeah. to unpatch it. So... So I've not had any like terrible, terrible, like update overnight and losing my save or any crashes or anything. But uh, someone just dropped in Slack uh, that their thirty-hour save file got deleted, and then they played the game again and beat the whole thing in one run. So wow, wow, yeah. By the end of it, Phil was like, "Yeah, I'm finishing it in half an hour, like real easy." Um, it's one There's of those a 10 games. Speed run up at the minute. Yeah. It's one of those games where, like, the reason that I like it is because once you know what you're doing, you kind of can basically ignore most of the stuff that's on the screen and and also, like, many of the mechanics, which is a weird thing to enjoy, but it's kind of like that same itch that I scratch with Sekiro, where it's like, once yeah. I've played through Sekiro twice, I don't really need any of the upgrades. I can go and fight Genichiro and I can fight Ishin and probably win with, like, base character. And that feels mm. like... It, you feel like a gamer. You put the controller down, you're like, no, I'm a gamer. <laughs> this guy's it's the a same. Gamer. Yeah. That's what I do. I oh, look in the mirror, God. I'm like, this guy's a gamer. Um, <laughs> and uh, that's the same way with the that game, where it's like, I beat the first boss the first time. Um, and it was like, I did it on my first try, but it was arduous. Second time around, I was like, oh, I don't have to, don't have to like even collect any of these upgrades or anything like that i'm just going to run straight to the boss and beat him and then i realize you don't yeah. actually have to beat the boss again which was a nightmare but, um oh yeah, yeah it's, it's yeah it's <laughs> it's it's that's what i like about it i will say the thing about it the runs going on for too long i agree with uh mm. i would like some sort of checkpointing system and it's not a case of like i don't know i'm, I'm willing to hear the argument that it's crucial to the actual experience to have these like you know, perilous moments where you've been playing for so long and you need to, you know, uh, you need to commit to it. But I don't think it really adds much that I like, I want to be able to stop playing at a certain point and come back to it and carry on because I'm in a grown ass man. I've got shit to do. Um, like I can't be, I can't be like going two two hours into a run, just waiting for an opportunity to stop. Death shouldn't be the only uh, opportunity to stop playing that game because it's bad. You're like, you're 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 associating dying with stopping which is wild like why would you make that happen like on a like psychosomatic uh kind of levels psycho psychological level that's a negative like association in my mind like every time i die i put it away which mm. is just i don't know maybe this is like too much game psychology shit but i don't know make me want to stop on a point. rewarding moment like yeah, yeah make me yeah. want to stop and like i when i finish dark souls when i finish a dark souls boss and i decide to stop i walk away feeling good because you won it's like okay I, now yeah, i did this shit i'm done ah, i know what you're saying it's kind of like you don't want to read going to bed like reading in bed before you go to sleep because then you'll associate reading with sleeping and then exactly, reading yeah. will make you sleepy now mm -hmm. it's like oh fuck like yeah death like i guess i'm done with this shit if if, if i use a bad taste in your mouth if if someone slapped me every time i ate a fish fillet i'm not eating fish fillets again you know what i'm saying oh fish fillets are fire though yeah i know i would actually eat a fish fillet but oh, basically oh, okay. that you get what i mean like yeah. um don't don't create this negative association between dying and stopping playing the game because i haven't gone back to it in a little while and it's because mm -hmm. i know i'll have to commit to like an hour and a half and i'll stop because i died not i'll stop mm. because i feel good 
uh, and I've c conquered something. So yeah, something mm -hmm. small about it, but it's still fun, high skill ceiling, good game, looks beautiful, you know, interesting world. That haptic and feedback though. Yeah, that faptic feedback. Faptic feedback. Yo, let's go. go. Let's go, baby. Yay, faptics. <laughs> John Lucas. Oh, whoa! Like, actually, just sadly nodding his head like, "Oh my god, these guys." Uh, <laughs> if you if you slow down and you break down the two syllables of that, that's kind of problematic. Oh yeah, let's not do that. Um, we're going to swiftly move on to the next thing I've been playing, which is Valorant. Um, and I mentioned earlier uh, uh, in in regards to Apex, but I've started. I wanted a game to commit to to. Um, learn and get mm. good at again um and i picked valorant because one a lot of people are playing it it's popping off right now and it's got the counter-strike lineage that means that i kind of get a bit of a head start i've played counter-strike for like maybe 20 years <laughs> like something like that yeah, um some veterans out yeah. here, you know what i'm saying so like that that feeling of jumping into that game and having enough of a twist on it with the hero stuff that it feels fresh and different um but also having like that foundational knowledge and just being able to focus on learning the map sight lines and then training myself to have split second accuracy times where i can pinpoint shoot someone in the head again it's been very <laughs> difficult but like i'm very slowly getting there like i've been streaming on uh, uh, that game and um my whenever i stream that game i'm like i just want to get one kill that's my objective for the stream one kill just and click like their heads just it's so I, easy dog I, bro i'll try it but like these it feels counter-strike you easily click their heads but these fools are like <laughs> they putting up one of them fired a energy tiger at me the other day and i was like what is this one of them will put up a wall, like a May wall. A drone will come out of nowhere. I'm like, okay, I'm still thinking in like 2D Counter-Strike planes. I need to think in 5D. <laughs> yeah. um, but I've got a couple you, of... You have your playing checkers, they're playing chess. Yeah, exactly. But um, I've got a good tutor in um, the Nitro Rifle himself, Andy Cortez. Wow. Mm -hmm. um, uh, he's my he's my sensei. And also uh, 343 Industries is our very own Andy Salisbury. Um, has also taken me under the Andes. I'm, I'm like, yeah. Andy's nuts. Yeah. Andy, oh! <laughs> we did it again yeah 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 uh, oh i fell for it again <laughs> <laughs> but yeah that that game is real fun it's free it runs on a microwave you can like play it it's so easy like i'm i'm getting into it i'm really enjoying it so yeah those are two things we've been playing nice. all right let's move on to the news segment First up, we have the hottest news, the biggest beef in the video game industry right now. <laughs> two titans of industry, two corporations with far too much money and way too much time <laughs> beefing for the opportunity to get richer faster while us plebs just sit back and watch it happen. It is, of course, in the red corner, Apple. In the blue corner, Epic. It's going at it. The, the beef I... has finally come to a head. They're in the courts now. It's going to be for a really long time. How do you guys feel Three about weeks. this? How you how you feel? How you feel about well, how do you feel about? I've... I mean, corporation's going to corp corporation, right? Like that's not the shit I care yeah. about. But the thing that I love is that unsealing of documents, and yes. then the, the next day or something, stuff. the judge was like, "It appears that those uh, were unsealed when I had ordered <laughs> yeah. them to be sealed." And somehow they're on the internet now. And you can just imagine like, Tim Sweeney sat 
Yeah, just maniacally at his, at his desk with a pipe, just rocking in a chair, going, "Yes, this there is, is what some I wanted all along." Juicy drama in that too. Like that's the yeah. stuff I'm interested in. Yeah. Like all, all the yeah. like the Microsoft stuff where they like Sony's catching strays out here. Yeah, yeah. They, <laughs> everyone. They, they're oh Microsoft's God. internal review of The Last of Us Two. Oh yes, yeah, where they were like, everyone could get it. Everyone could get it. Anyone could get it. The stray shots, like this Mac 11s just spraying and praying Yo. right now. This is. This is, of course, the Battle of Tim's. Tim Sweeney versus Tim Cook is popping yep. off in in the in the court system. Um, and obviously, if you don't have the context for it, this stems from the whole uh, to, uh, Epic being very upset that there's a um, an ecosystem which they have to live within for Fortnite on iOS. And remember, back in the day, there was the whole free Fortnite campaign. <laughs> Uh, my cat is attacking <laughs> free Kiki. <laughs> free Kiki. Uh, uh, shout but... out to Lucy for a very, very good uh, video yeah. you did. Uh, the oh. Epic versus Apple Explained. I watched that the other day because, and I was like, yeah. "Oh wow!" Like, just give me that uh, that good refresher. Mm-hmm. Thank you. I mean, honestly, all the credit there goes to Chris Pereira, Steve Watts, Eddie McCoo, and Tam for helping out because editorial just took that and put it, and then I just put yeah. a like and subscribe on it and put, and voiced it. But and then Richard for the amazing edit. But yeah, because that's. It's it's a weird one because I don't know the corporate wars. You kind of yeah. see them scrapping. You're like, wait, why why is this important? And then you kind of dig into why it's important and how it's just basically going to mess up gaming as we know it. Like in terms mm. of the business side, it's wild to look at. Mm-hmm. So the, my recommendation is like watch the video that Lucy made. Um, it's a great mm-hmm. primer for it all. Yeah, um, and then if you if you go to gamespot.com there's a article which is called everything we learned in the epic versus apple trial so far which is being maintained by eddie and steve um they are basically listening to the entire thing and just doing uh, daily updates with the main headlines and we'll, we'll walk through some of them because we can't outright explain all of it it's too complicated but like lucy said the stakes are huge and ultimately like the fact of the matter is these are two corporations fighting for their own interests. Mm. You know, Epic wants to have democratized the the kind of like ecosystem there because it will help indie developers. But don't get it twisted. Epic is doing it because they want more of the Fortnite money. That's plain yep. and simple. But the byproduct of that is it will help out other developers. Apple, meanwhile, they are they want to create this controlled kind of um, safe environment where when you download an app, you know exactly it's how it's going to work and it's going to be perfect. It's going to be legit and the reliability that you get from App Store. But don't get it twisted. They also want to control that revenue. They want that piece of the pie. So that's kind of like the context and the, like everyone said before, the um, the uh, the resulting shots fired have been incredible. We have such, <laughs> such uh, headlines, including Fortnite earns almost half its revenue on PS4 according to court documents, which is wild. The trial started with um, the the trial between two tech giants with some of the smartest minds in the world, inc- including lawyers that are educated and very smart, could not figure out how to mute the kids who were on the oh call. God. So they were just shouting free Fortnite. Uh, Tim Sweeney is a various swear words. They were singing, you know, just wiped out Tomato Town and just... <laughs> everyone's like what the fuck these kids how do we stop them and then at some point they were like on mic having forgotten to mute themselves 
troubleshooting how do they stop the kids so it was incredible that's unbelievable uh, yeah big shout you can't out stop, to, you uh, can't stop the kids you can't stop the kids big shout out to jeff Keeley for streaming the entire thing on the game awards <laughs> twitch channel yeah that's that's my favorite thing when jeff used the game awards stream to do it so fortnite oh, is gamer made, wars fortnite has made nine billion dollars in two years um the, the the Fortnite's skins leaked ahead of time and it includes or proposed yes. skins it includes samus the rock lady gaga ariana grande and of course <laughs> everyone's favorite ninja naruto <laughs> believe it believe it uh, Tim Sweeney in the, like the off time b- between testifying is just out on Twitter popping off like just hating on things left right and center which is incredible like sealed documents are out there um, uh, Tim Sweeney at one point told Phil Spencer you'll enjoy the upcoming fireworks show my man is like he knows what he's doing Wow. <laughs> um, Tim Sweeney doesn't have a PS5 at his home, he's got a. Uh, he's got Hard one to the get. Office, though. Hard to get. Yeah, they're very difficult to get, even for Tim Sweeney. Um, Sweeney has said Sony's stance on crossplay could be illegal. Uh, <laughs> Tim Sweeney <laughs> illegal is, gaming. Yeah, Xbox thought that Breath of the Wild Two would come out last year. <laughs> so did we, to be honest. Uh, and oh wait, and like, Shannon from uh, Washington Post has tweeted, Apple App Store VP says the Marshmallow concert in Fortnite sounded pretty cool. <laughs> so we've got all of, these, all of these coming out. <laughs> and there was one point where I think this was real, where someone asked an executive from Microsoft, uh, are you aware of the Xbox? And the executive replied, do you mean the Xbox, the all-in-one entertainment device or Xbox <laughs> and PC? <laughs> no. And they're like, what? We're just like, what? They were like, uh, what? <laughs> I, do they, uh, I wish they went down and be like, okay, are you talking about the Xbox One, Xbox yeah. One S, the Xbox One X, Xbox Series S, X? There were there were uh, times Xbox. Yeah, there were times where like the the lawyers were asking Tim like Sweeney like stuff like how many games are there on the Epic Games Store? And he was like, uh, I don't know, like maybe like, four hundred or some shit like that. But it's absolutely <laughs> fascinating. There's things like revenue splits available. Like you can watch, you can see exactly how much you know people have earned from giving free games away. And mm-hmm. John, look what were you gonna say there? Oh, I was gonna say my favorite was um, them calling out. Uh, it was like they asked him to like define what a video game is, and it was like <laughs> causing all the. It was like because he was saying like yeah, like a video game has like a like an objective and like a, a numeral score get to it, and then you could see all like the 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 arguments brewing the you know between the the narrativists and the like. <laughs> I was like, it's oh just- no. And like, it's, wasn't there I, stuff where it was like, define what Kotaku is and Eurogamer? Yeah. Someone, like, yeah, at one point they were like, are you aware of a Eurogamer? <laughs> and <laughs> and, like, and yeah. if I was on a Eurogamer, I'd be like, yo, we got a shout out, yo. <laughs> Traffic's coming in, make sure the site's not down. <laughs> it's it's like the most fascinating and like horrifying thing to watch happen. These two businesses collide, but it's also like the most theatrical farce in modern media in a long time. It's fantastic. It's um, real good. So that's the big story. It's it's, it's epic. As it's epic, sense. you know. Uh, Lucy's holding an apple in her hand as well. It's not. It's, is, is that a stress it's, ball? Um, it's, no, it's one of those like PT balls that you like lean oh, on shit. if you've got knots in your back and stuff. You put it against the wall and you lean on it. But now mm. I'm like using it as a little stress. 
I've got, I was trying to come up with a PT joke there, back. but I couldn't. I was gonna say another joke, but I think it's overused. Yeah, I was. Yeah, <laughs> you, you know what I'm thinking? Oh, yeah, I know. Yeah, yeah, I know yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Anyways, moving on to listener questions. Uh, if you want to send us a listener question, you can email afterdarkpodcast at redventures.com or you can join the Games for After Dark Discord full of wholesome people doing good things, supporting each other, recommending cool comics, tracking their fitness journeys, occasionally getting real mad about games, which is great as well. Um, and if you want an invite to that, you can hit up uh, Lucy, myself, Jean-Luc, um on twitter for a dm we will check yeah. that you're Gives not a, a wrong dm give us a dm we'll check you're not a wrong and then grant you access please be nice to everyone everyone's chill there no uh jean-luc mm-hmm. no wrong allowed can you read the first question from aaron sure uh why aren't digital retails of of video games a thing i feel like it'd all be super easy for the xbox or playstation stores to sell a one dollar limited retail access to games or sorry rental not retail jeez that makes so much more sense i was like what what is this question (laughs) i am the the new jake decker i can't read uh (laughs) why aren't digital rentals of video games a thing i feel like it'd be super easy for the xbox or playstation stores to sell one dollar limited rental access to games for a couple hours to see whether you like it obviously it wouldn't work for all games i.e games that are short and could be completed in that time but for longer games it seems like it would work and make a lot of money interesting uh i think yeah um oh did you were you gonna read the, uh, the, the, the yeah the second part just uh uh Added to the question above, it could even be $5, and then if you end up buying the game, you get those $5 off the price. Yeah. I feel like uh, companies are starting to, uh, like, PS Now and Xbox Game Pass are still, as as developed as they are, they're still kind of in their infancy. So I think, I feel like I thought about this question, and maybe we'll get there in the near future to where, like, oh, Game Pass now has a sort of... Uh, a, a rental system or well not not game pass because you get the whole fucking game if you subscribe to game pass or something like it to where like if you don't have game pass you can try this game for three days for five bucks or some shit like that or if it's not on game pass like oh if there's a if you have game pass and there's not a game on game pass you can you have this rental system i feel like that is that's a possibility i could see that happening in the near future um you know these things take time uh even though we've been doing digital games for a long time they're still developing and i don't know uh, i think that that's yeah you can i can see that in the near future so oh, i uh, had to get that near be... mentioned didn't you yeah it's, it's <laughs> yeah. A third third episode in a, in, in a in a row mentioning near i wonder if it would be something to do with maybe incorporating a streaming thing like an x cloud rather than actually downloading the whole thing because then you could technically go offline and circumvent the that if there was a time restriction so maybe if you know xcloud gets to that i mean xcloud is already at that stage right but maybe that's something they mm. would think about adding because you can play was it two hours of games on steam and still get refunded which is not mm-hmm. the same obviously but mm-hmm. like yeah you know it has some kind of precedent mm. but i in all honesty it's probably because they're just like why would we do that when we could charge the full amount yeah, or like yeah. publish trying to get publishers on board to like, especially like, I imagine there. I imagine there'd be certain publishers like, no, what? We're not gonna let people rent our game. Like, are you crazy? Like, absolutely not. Uh, 
just publishers looking at the speedrunning community being like, absolutely not. These these fools, they can <laughs> complete games in like two hours. No way. Yeah, that's like, that's also probably infrastructure for those sorts of things needs to be built. Partnerships need to happen. And I imagine like Sony and Microsoft yeah. and Nintendo are probably like, uh, you don't want to spread yourself so thin to where you have all these like too many different ways to play games to where like, let's just concentrate on selling you a subscription because that's our priority. And then if there is room for a different type of thing for people to engage with games uh, without straight up buying it or straight up subscribing, then they'll get to it. But for now, it's like, you know, you got pick your battles. And yeah. Uh, yeah. It's an interesting idea, though. And I, you, you kind of forget about it, but like, Xbox actually kind of used to do that on the 360 with uh, all their arcade games. Like every mm. arcade game oh, had sure. to have a trial that you could oh, like right, yeah. try for free and then you could download the full games. Like, and I, I always thought that was super cool and I was like kind of bummed that that went away. But also like that was in a more simpler time where it was easy to classify like, you know, Halcyon days. Ar- arcade games versus like, you know, the blades, like, you know, publisher, like AAA games. And that whole thing is just like a, what is an indie game anymore like doesn't really mean anything the the way it did back then uh yeah i feel like the thing that we kind of more likely to get bring or should be aiming for is like bring back demos like make demos standardized again instead yeah. of mm. all these full full rental games and bring back demos in the traditional way where you have a small slice of the game where you play not the capcom way where it's like you got one hour at the, <laughs> the stroke of midnight for 20 minutes you'll need to sacrifice cat and then maybe you'll play um Jesus Christ. God damn. That's our Capcom roll, right? Um, Lucy, can you read the next question? Uh, this is from Kevin from West Hartford. Uh, hey, After Darkers, is there a game release or general time in gaming you missed out on that you wish you could go back and experience? I think it would be pretty great to experience the glory days of arcades when Pac-Man fever was a thing. That's a good question. I, so, I mean, for me, I completely missed Nintendo up until... Uh, like I had a Game Boy, but I only played Pokemon on it. Like I completely missed home consoles from Nintendo up until I got a. The first one I ever owned was a Switch, so like I've played Nintendo games after the fact, but I never was involved in that kind of the whirl of it in the late eighties, early nineties. So I, oh. that's what I would want to have. I would yeah. like. Oh, I didn't even have a. Shit. I had one friend who had. A GameCube. Oh, yeah, I, was say, uh, I thought you were going to say I had one friend. I was like, damn. Right. <laughs> I, I was the Dude. same way. I, I only had a. Oh, sorry. One friend. <laughs> one friend. <laughs> friend. <Yeah. laughs> I I I only had a PC and a Game Boy as a kid until mm-hmm. up till three uh, the 360 came out. So yeah, it was like I never had a PS2 or you know N64. I would have like the friend like all right, that's my N64 friend. That's my that's my PlayStation <laughs> One friend. That's my Dreamcast friend. We don't go over to them that often, but you know, all right. <laughs> using, using your friends. <laughs> um, but then, but then when I got a, uh, the 360, then they all came over to me. So it was like, ah, you, so know, you were you the 360 it, you, and PC friends. So. Exactly, you pay, you pay, oh. you know, you pay it forward. Um, Damn, the Sega Saturn <laughs> friend didn't even get mentioned. Holy <laughs> I don't think I had a Sega Saturn friend. Uh, <laughs> um, I, but I think an era I I'm kind of bummed I I didn't get in on was like 
that early MMO era where everything was just like yeah. this I was insane say, yeah. Wild mm-hmm. West, like EverQuest. Like, I mean, obviously, like you try to go back and play those games now, and you're like, dude, this game this shit like, is trash. <laughs> yeah, but I think there's something like really magical about the that like early yeah. heyday where everyone's trying to figure it out, no one's really sure what's going on, and scammers on deck. You know, it's like, oh, you want five hundred yeah. gold? Well hit it at my paypal there, there's there's no uh trade system so you both have to like make an agreement to like drop the item on the ground and then like on the count of three we're both gonna walk over and then one guy oh, like runs wow. around and grabs both and logs off like i i had I've like been, friends who i've been juxtaposed on maple story too many times <laughs> yeah. i had friends who who like were into that stuff and they would tell me all about it and i was like man that sounds so cool and i just i never got in on that and i'm like if i could go back and experience that that's what i'd want to do Oh man, I was I was that was one of the ones I was gonna say because I got into MMOs pretty late, like after the fact. Like I didn't play Anarchy Online till like 2007, and by that time that the community had kind of gone away at that point. There's still a lot of people, but the only people left were like the hardcore players who had everything. So I was like, ah, y'all y'all don't want to fuck with me. Uh, but yeah, the early also I would I was too young to have money for a subscription like internet having internet in 2004 was wild to me already like my family was like yo we fucking got internet like what do you what do you do with internet i'm like one you either play video games or you watch pino uh and y'all don't know about the second one because uh i kept there was a computer in my room so i was like you know y'all don't y'all don't need to see this Mm. um but yeah the early mmo days like i've 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 i fuck with wow when it first came out uh, but I was like, I had a homie who was always hooking me up with uh, game time cards because he was like, yo, he was sw- swiping that shit at Best Buy. Oh, shout out to my boy, Ali. Oh, my God. All right, I'm like, I shouldn't snitch on him. He already got arrested for that, but it's, it's what? <laughs> imagine, imagine, yo, imagine going to jail and be like, yo, what you in for? It's like, oh, I caught a body. And somebody else is like, yo, I was... I sold like ten grams of weed, and they, I got caught up. And other fools like, mm. I uh, I swooped up like uh, ten wow uh, game time cards. <laughs> oh shit, yo, this little book is hard. <laughs> nah, I can imagine that. That'd be, that'd be pretty dope. Though. I mean, I would um, I would but, absolutely sell that as defra- defrauding a corporation, like one hundred percent. Oh, is it? Oh yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah it was, uh, it's all I, about how you spend it. Was, yeah, um, so, yeah. I, I do. Uh, I miss that era, even though like I tried to go back to it after it was in its golden era and just. This wasn't the same. But we are now in a new golden era for MMORPGs because of Final Fantasy fourteen. I'm going to mention that game every time I'm on a goddamn episode of GameSpot After Dark. So near Final Fantasy fourteen, y'all should do the raids. There's a free trial, Heaven's Word, up to level 60. You know the vibes. Um, Square Enix, yeah, give, us, give Michael the check. No, nah, don't say that. <laughs> Damn, why are, you, why are you making it hot? Shit, relax, my guy. <laughs> Um, but th- there is another era in which I kind of missed out on was like the I did play a lot of PS2 RPGs, but I kind of got away from it because I got more into uh, PC rest- Western games by like 2004 because when we finally got Internet. And then so there's a there's a chunk of the PS2 JRPG era that I completely missed out on that I'm only going back to now through uh, a thing called PCSX2. Can't uh, say that. And Can't say that. Damn, I can't say that either. Shit. Yeah. All right. Okay. Uh, but I've been so I've been going back. It's like games like Shadow Hearts. Like I never played Xenosaga Episode Three. Uh, there's like so many, and like I would play them back in the day because if I was like 15, 16, whatever the fuck, I I can play a 70 hour RPG that was grindy and kind of jank in some spots. But now I'm kind of like, ah, I don't know. I hit the turbo button. I'll install a plugin so I can get like hella money and buy all this equipment and shit. So I don't know. But I. I I wish I stuck around with the PS2 era because I was like, 
I probably would have been like mm. a, a better weeb. Yeah, I think mine is mine is the uh, fighting game arcade in its height. Mm. Um, sadly, oh. I I didn't like the UK wasn't great for arcades, like especially in London. By the time I was like mobile on my own, I could go anywhere I wanted um, without the support of a, a parent or carer. Um, by that time, the kind of arcade scene was pretty dead. While I was at school, um, there was like one chip shop where I would pass it on the way to and from school. They had one King of Fighters uh, cabinet there, and I pretty much played it every day. But like, I wouldn't, no one's coming through to a chip shop in the middle of nowhere, Leighton Stone, mm. to be like, this is where I get my King of Fighters uh, practice in. Um, so it was usually me playing against the computer on the off time that someone came in, did play like one match with me because they were like, I guess I'll put 50p into this machine while I wait for my chips. <laughs> and then they'll just get absolutely murked by some kid who's like overweight and has clearly been sweating it out on that machine. Um, so, and then what, that like was it. Greasing up your, greasing just, up the... Uh... Just... Quarter, like quarter circle forward race. motions and half circle back motions until I was dripping sweat. Um, combos, not missing any links. Frame perfect execution. Um, yeah, but by the time, like, I guess, like, the, 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 it evolved into the esports scene before it was the esports scene. Like, there were mm -hmm. places like Casino in central London, and there was an HMV in Trocadero where they kind of converted part of it to be like a game center. But by that time, it was like, I'm an adult. I have to work instead of spend all my time playing arcades. Like back when it was the only thing I had to think about was homework. Um, mm. That would have been perfect. And by that time, like all the killers are out as well. So it's like you're going to this game center and you're just getting destroyed by people who are consistently the best. Um, yeah. And like you have to dedicate time and effort that I just didn't really have to getting good because it wasn't my main thing. I would have loved to love the idea of like, you know, a random place you walk in and just put some, you know, 50 P's down and just play against random people, make friends and then move on. Um, where's my P's, bruv? Where's my P's, bro? Uh, yeah. So that's, that was my one. Okay. We're going to end. Yeah. We're going to end on a, a fun question from bad girl. Michael, will you read that question? Ah, uh, so bad girl asks, uh, just as fun a question, oh, just as a fun question, what's everyone's fashion faux pas from their younger years? As an American, uh, would especially love to hear the UK crew's take. We'll, we'll, we'll let the US folks go first because that will give Lucy some time to, to figure out. To formulate her response. Up. Same for me. I... I can... <laughs> oh, no, I know uh... what mine are. <laughs> oh, I have my way God. more. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I have uh, way one... more. One Zach Ryan uh, snitched on you <laughs> on Maine, and I was like, "Yeah, I I see it." Uh, Look, he he's told me, like he's like hinted that he's had a bad phase, and I've yet to see evidence. I'm like this close to just reaching out and asking his parents just to get the photo albums out so I can see. Don't bait yourself high up. School, <laughs> Do it on the high school Zach Ryan. Yeah, just I don't know, and then just... then tweet it out. Who cares. Yeah. Uh, shit uh so to admit that what i did was a fashion faux pas would to be call it a mistake but i didn't make no mistakes back in the day i was just i was evolving 
uh, yo, like if you follow me on Twitter, you've seen old photos of me. Like I've been through some phases, bro. Like I was, I was a punk kid growing up. Yo, I had the spiky hair. I had the the, the three row studded belts. I had the fucking. I had, I had I made a safety safety pin necklace. I had patches on my pants. Yo, I was. Oh my god, yo, I, the, that the was the red hair streak. The red hair streak mm-hmm. was after. So in about two thousand three to two thousand five was like peak punk phase where i had the spiky hair from 06 to 07 i was in rotc well, i was in rotc for most of high school for all of high school um so i had to have like short hair and i couldn't really do anything style wise i was like oh, i look like a fucking herb um, but once i started once i became an officer in rotc i could call, kind of call my own shots and like, i didn't have to cut my hair that much so i went to like a, like a scene kid emo phase as well so i had like the red streak i had blonde streaks so i was wearing clothes that were like too small for me but i was like you know i don't give a fuck because i was like super skinny at the time i'm like oh yeah look at me um i was also vegetarian at the time as well uh i guess that's like a fashion thing too i don't know <laughs> um but all of it yeah, all of it was worth it though because i look back at the pictures like yo no sometimes i look back and i could have had so much more swag but i was too busy uh trying to be either a, a punk kid or an uh, emo kid and then but, uh, but then i think it's impossible for us to grow up and be you know, we're all around 30, early 30s. And it's like, uh, we we were doomed to look ridiculous when we were growing up. We didn't have mm-hmm. YouTube makeup tutorials and beauty bloggers to kind of shape. <laughs> we had to find that shit out on our own. Yeah. We had, like, we had MySpace, like, towards the end of it. Yeah. But, like... And I mean, if, looking back and seeing what I, I used to do to my eyebrows. The, I got all my, my fashion makeup. from music videos. The wild yeah, thing exactly. is, like, I was just going to say, like, these days, kids or young people can look towards celebrities because celebrities look good now. Back in the day, even the celebrities look like fucking idiots. Like, all of them <laughs> were like, why do you look like that? You look like an You go back to, like, celebs from the 90s era and everyone looks bad. Like, no one looked like, cool yeah. back then. The fucking skinny skinny jeans with flared bottoms with a big belt and a top that goes down and covers your ass is like that was the fashion or maybe even like multiple different t-shirts piled up on each other that was what you wore you put those little clips with butterflies on in your hair and you wore the bright blue glittery makeup on your eyelids because that's what fashion at the time dictated it's called fashion darling and fashion and like, is cyclical, uh, so it'll happen to you too, kids. <laughs> it'll come back around. The, but like, IG is such a huge thing for for fashion as well. Like, there's a bunch of like, well, not not necessarily IG models, but like just people who are like people you can look to on IG. Like, yo, that fool got swag. I want to try and copy him. Maybe take some elements from this person. Yeah, but like back in the day, I'm like, oh, what's what's Lars Fredrickson wearing in the next Rancid video? Uh, I'm gonna dress like. Yeah. Uh, like Lars Fredrickson or fucking, I don't know, uh, who else? Or the Casualties, like one of my favorite punk bands. Like, oh, they look tight on the album cover. I'm going to dress like that. So, John Luke, who you're dressing as? Brody Dahl, but I didn't have the confidence. <laughs> I, have, I have kept up a consistent look of jeans, t shirt, and sweatshirt for coming up to 30 years now. <laughs> <laughs> my man. I have not changed. The one thing I think I did for like a, a good year or so in high school was I just, I had these big old pair of white headphones that I just always had on my shoulders um, that I just always had on me all the time. And that was probably pretty, pretty stupid looking, but that's kind of it. 
some real Yosuke energy. Over here. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Just <laughs> mine was mine was long hair. Like I had long hair, and I've got long hair now, which is ironic. I'm back at it, but it did not look good. It was it was it was a bad look because I was a very very big boy, um, and like I wore combat jeans a lot, and it was mm. purely because they had hella pockets on them. So I'd be like, I I can carry so much shit in these, so I don't really care that they. This is before they sold like camo cargo pants, I guess you guys call it. Um, yeah. Without the military, like you know, the uh, camouflage print on it, like those are uh-huh. easy to get now. But back in the day, it was like if you wanted those type of pants, you had to have the uh, camo print on it, to the point where I could only buy them at like a place called Army and Navy. Which was yeah. like yeah, at our army surplus mm-hmm. store. That's yeah, exactly. where I got my uh, camo camo That's pants. Where I yeah, get so my it was like shoes from. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So before like, Doc Martens, you had yeah. good combat boots. Yeah, so like a a large dude with long hair who is very big, wearing uh, combat <laughs> pants like camo print cargo pants. <laughs> Not a good look. I tell you that. I also <laughs> had uh, for the longest time. I had a transmutation circle from Full Metal Alchemist on my hand. Hell yeah. Which was what wild what do you mean, shit on your hand? You drew so it. Like, it was like a, like a tattoo, but you it was, but not really. I did it with a uh, henna. Yeah, oh. yeah. So it's really dark Yo. henna, and like it was wild oh. shit, man. I was. I yeah, was, I don't know. I, I don't know if we problem. would be homies back in the day. <laughs> I would. I think we would be. Yeah, but be, like. But... So, like, me and my homies were, like, yeah, we were into anime, but we made fun of everyone else who, like, uh, anime, which is, which worst. is, which was, you're the worst. yeah, yeah, <laughs> we're the worst, because, uh... like, yeah, because, like, me and my homies, like, I was, I was, like, homies with all the gangsters and shit, like, uh, but I was not, I was, like, their, their, their smart, stupid, uh, emo friend or punk friend. Uh, so I associate with them, and I'd be like, <laughs> they watch Naruto, they do Naruto runs, and but in, in my home, like, all right, what's what's the what's the jutsu's like? Let me do the shit with my hands real quick. But See, I, don't, I, I can't tell nobody. I had that phase where I hung around with the wrong people, and it was not a good time because we did some bad romantics. <laughs> I cannot mention any of it at all. Wow. Oh, I, I need to know. No, it's a hard no, and all of that's the one thing that I will never talk about. Um, oh, but so... after that, I was like, I can't be. Doing, I need to just be, be like, I need to get away from this as far as possible. And that's when I discovered uh, anime and video games. Yeah. Anime uh, saved your life. Anime saved my life, and video yeah. games saved my life. Yeah, I remember. Uh, I saw you. Uh, I think like Danny did a video like way back in the day, and I remember seeing you in it. I think you were wearing like a bright green. Sh- no, Danny was wearing a bright green shirt. Yeah, uh, but I remember seeing you. I'm like, oh shit, that's that's tomorrow. That's that. That's that dude. Yeah, uh, we're sitting on his couch. Yeah. We were hanging out. We were filming. Oh my God. We're doing videos. Citizen game. Yeah, boy. Um, that uh. was the good old days. Lucy, do you want to <laughs> join it out yourself? Uh, okay. Well, Floor's I mean, yours. Zach's already done it, so I made the mistake of telling him that when I was a kid, I kind of fell in that group of we we weren't really defined because we were kind of a mix of goths, <laughs> emo, and skater kids, and so mm-hmm. I had this like huge like you could fit me in one leg of each of the of the jeans right and they were huge and they had a <laughs> bad girl embroidered on the ass so this this question <laughs> coming from bad girl it was even funnier but uh, i remember getting them i didn't even get them from like a scene store or anything i got them from tammy girl 
And I, I hooked you up, baby. The, I went round the metro center with my dad, who refused to buy them for me. And so I went back again with my mum, who did buy them for me. And they also came with a little chain that had little skulls on. Like they were so try hard, but I was about 13 at this point. And then my my look was like baggy jeans, slipknot hoodie, Nirvana hoodie. I had a few slipknot hoodies because we went to this where there was like this goth shop called Kathmandu that we would go to that sold like all of that stuff. And it was like, it was just a tragic time because I just would, I didn't even like have any issues with my body or anything back then. I think I was just awkward and I wanted to wear stuff that only reflected things that I liked. And so it was just big, huge band t-shirts, which back then, like just women's sizes were just few and far between. Um, And I was like, skinny awkward i was like a runt of a child until like i was literally the smallest in my class and then i had this growth spurt when i was like 13 14 and i became one of the tallest in my class um and i just never figured out like what my look or aesthetic was until my mid-20s and even then because i mean like when i was in my early 20s i would just change my hair all the time and it never looked good so then it was like when I stopped doing that and learned to just go with it, that's when, you know, I kind of became happy with how I styled myself. And Bring also back when blonde I stopped, Lucy. That's what I'm saying. When I stopped plucking, over plucking my eyebrows, that was a real moment. Because I looked back at some of them and it looks like Rachel Vice in The Mummy. It was terrible. You but watch what you say about her. Her eyebrows in the first movie are terrible, Tam. You, mm, we all know I, it. Yeah, we, we all, all know, know that, but still an absolute... Oh, perfection. a 10 out of 10. A 10 out of 10. 100% 10 out of 10. Every single one of those movies. All right. Now that we've all self-reported, um, let's wrap up this this podcast. Thank you, everyone, for uh, jumping in, having a nice chat. Jean-Luc, what you got going on? Where can people find you? Uh, you can find me at Jean-Luc Seipke. I've got that Resident Evil video I was talking about, the hardcore one. Um, also, I believe me, Kurt, and Phil are going to do a spoiler cast for Resident Evil uh, that we're going to be shooting and trying to get up sometime within a week or so. Uh, and yeah, that should be good. We'll, t- we'll we'll be able to talk about all the insane, insane nonsense that happens in that game uh, free, free of worry about spoilers. So that's, that's mainly what I got going on. Nice. Michael. Uh, you can find me and all of my bullshit at Michael P. Hyam on Twitter. Uh, there's a hell of bullshit going on over there. Uh, but I have, there's, Okay, next week I have some I have something uh popping next week. I can't talk about quite yet. By the time you listen to this podcast, uh there <laughs> So I'm seeing this happen in real time, but by this time you're gonna see uh judgment, the new whatever judgment announcement that there is. Oh, and yeah. I'm I was gonna say there are things I know that it's are happening day today. Judgment well, judgment day is tomorrow. Oh, is it tomorrow? Apparently sorry. it's been leaked. Oh no. Uh, I hate, I hate to see it. Yeah, I hate to see it. Um, and I was like, all right, that's, that's, that's tight. So I need to catch up on what the fuck is going on over there right now. But, um, uh, yeah, I think I'm wrapping up my last few things I'm doing with near and, uh, yeah, peep the, peep the feeds for that, uh, that sweet weeb content that y'all need. Oh, hell yeah. Lucy. Uh, so I'm on Twitter at Lucy James games this week. Uh, yeah, I did that. Um, worked on the, uh, Epic versus Apple thing that's live now. And then I'm I'm on Mass Effect Law this week. 
I did an episode all about the Quarian and the Jennifer. Nope. The Quarian and the Geth. Jennifer Age was last week. Um, and so that's being edited by Dave Klein. Uh, so I wrote and voiced that one. And then next week is, is Mass Effect week. With So, you know, Woo. very excited. But like three three games in a very short amount of time is going to oh. be quite a lot. So we'll cross that bridge when we come to it. But that's uh, stuff that I'm kind of prepping myself for mentally, emotionally, physically. Nice. Um, and then... I am working on something else, but I can't remember what it is at this point, and I'm tired. Mm, are we That's all? It. Yeah. You can find me on Twitter at Tomorrow H, where I'm just posting nonsense, and uh, I continue to do nothing else here, so don't worry about it. Streaming. First of all, you do everything here. So. <laughs> uh, read some reviews. I'm doing that currently. Um, but yeah, yeah, I'm also streaming on Twitch.tv for slash Tomorrow H. Come and uh, give me your money so I can give it to charity. Uh, but yeah, otherwise, we'll see you next week. Remember to be kind to each other, drink loads of water, get loads of sleep, and we'll see you next week. Peace. Bye.